Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Seth Vanek, everybody. Seth. We don't have the rights for that. You could stop right now. Seth, how are you? I'm great. For the listener at home, there's a man playing piano who looks somewhat like me. His glasses are somewhat better. His hair is more styled. His facial hair is much more boring but appropriate for America. And uh, he's a nice guy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. You are in the hungry brain. Uh, for the listener at home, there are actually people here. For the people in the room, please make noise for like three seconds just to prove that I'm not just a strange man talking to a microphone. There you go. There you go. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. That podcast is technically what we're doing. This is not interactive in any way. Please keep your mouth shut for the next 90 minutes or so. I appreciate it. That's not a good way to start a show. I don't usually have a piano player playing during the monologue. It's incredibly soothing. Do you like it or should I cut it out? You should cut it out, not because it's bad, <laughs> but because it does not fit what I do in any way. Here's why. I'm a lot more angry than you, Seth. And that's not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a thing. And I like to project my emotions onto people. Sometimes it. it's, a, it's a lie. I'm not actually that angry in any way whatsoever. But it makes the show more fun. Does that make sense, Seth? You could, if yeah, I talk to great. you, feel free to use the microphone. Yeah, no, I mean, I love anger. Anger's wonderful. I don't think I've ever seen you angry. Oh, well, stick around. Fantastic. Uh, hey, remember when uh, the leader of the free world tweeted a wrestling thing and everyone was like, oh my God, that's a thing. That's a thing that happened. That was a, that was a fun day. That was July 2nd, 2017, in the year of our Lord. And uh, on July 3rd, people were still like, he did the wrestling thing. And then America celebrated on July 4th because John Cena came back to SmackDown Live. Now, n literally no one in this room cares about that except me. And I understand why you don't care about that. But let me just throw this out here. John Cena has the potential to be our next president, and it will be fun for everyone. Okay, so the reason why I'm talking about wrestling so much is because I wrote a book about this stuff, and I was very ashamed of what I spent the last two years of my life doing. No one in their right mind should spend that many hours researching and writing about wrestling in terms of politics. It's inherently silly. I read multiple Hulk Hogan autobiographies <laughs> by choice. I read Hulk Hogan's ex-wife's autobiography by choice because I was doing research for a book. Hulk Hogan's biography is listed and credited under Hulk Hogan. That's not his name. His name is Terry. His Terry <laughs> won the lawsuit against Gawker, not Hulk. I don't know if you guys know this, but during the trial, uh, he said, Hulk Hogan has a 10-inch penis. Terry does not. His autobiography <laughs> says Hulk Hogan. It's a lie, yet it's an autobiography. That is the world in which we live. So I, I wrote a book about that because that's something that's sadly, sadly important to everything ever right now. So president tweeted that stuff out, and when he tweeted that stuff out, I did what anybody that writes about silly things do, and you, you approach the press yet again. So sent a lot of emails out to respectable outlets. I got something published in US News and World Report. That's where you get your college rankings. My co-author <laughs> co got something published in Slate. That's where your liberal media mother and dad tell you about how the world is burning down and everything's gonna go to shit. So like, those are respectable places. And I felt ashamed as a man with a job telling people about stuff that actually impacts their life because it's silly. It's inherently silly and I'm ashamed of that. I don't want to be ashamed of that, but sometimes I think it's good to be ashamed. 
And I think that we need a lot more shame in this world right now. I was on a flight yesterday. Airplane stuff, here we go. I was on a flight yesterday. <laughs> and uh, there, was a, there was a gentleman next to me. And uh, he was between 50 and 60 years old. And uh, he had on khakis and a blue shirt and a goatee. Good for him. And uh, he, he read uh, websites in very large font on his phone that looked real racist, because they are. And uh, I'm not going to tell you the name of the website, because I don't want to tell you that, because that's silly. You know how Google works. But also, I don't want any of these people emailing me, even though I wrote a book about wrestling. And then he, he would go to Breitbart, and he had, he had no shame. No shame whatsoever. Clear, like openly, I'm fucking looking at his phone, and then I'm tweeting out, there's a man next to me reading this without shame. And then I, if I sat for five minutes, I was like, I should delete that tweet because I'm trying to get published and I want real news organizations to put me on their TV shows. And I realized the other people on the panel on those TV shows are from Breitbart and the websites where I can't say the name because they have really bad graphic design. Why can't racists get better graphic design? I didn't realize that was a thing that divided people. Everyone can learn Photoshop. It doesn't matter what you want to happen. You should know the basics of using a, a paintbrush in Microsoft. Should I be ashamed or should he be ashamed or should we live in a culture without shame? I think shame is a, is a remarkable thing. Because of shame, I don't wear tank tops. You know why? Because I don't have sweet 24-inch pythons yet. You know what I mean? I don't have a Hulk Hogan penis yet. I got a Terry Bollea penis. I'm a normal, average human being. And I don't feel great about that, but I'm not, try I'm not like whipping my dick out. Also, don't ever whip your dick out. That's such a weird thing. There's one time where you should whip your dick out because it's like kind of funny, and that's the guy on the Tour de France that had to whip out his dick because he had to pee during a race, and people were like, oh, that's a dick on TV. That's kind of fun and like not offensive, and it's not sexual in any way. So that's okay. But if you're trying to whip out your dick, who's ever sent a dick pic and something good has happened? Okay, that's the, that's the perfect response because it's never happened. Don't ever do that. And this show is about what you shouldn't and should do in life. Um, we've been doing this show here for a very, very long time. And the, the gentleman behind the piano is doing a similar-esque show for a moderate amount of time. Less angry. Definitely less angry. Yeah. What is the name of your show, uh, Seth? It's called Therapy Sessions, every Thursday at 8.30. What is the premise of it's Therapy Sessions? It's a talk sessions? show about feelings where uh, I help people talk, I, local artists and musicians, when you talk about uh, what, how they feel. How often have you mentioned uh, Nazis, wrestling, and or dick pics? <laughs> Not yet. In a year, we have yet to get to those. We're five minutes into this show, and I feel <laughs> like I've already exhausted all of we those options. We talk about Mr. Rogers a lot, Brandon. I am currently wearing a cardigan for the listener at home <laughs> because it's a lot easier to pack a cardigan in a suitcase than a full suit, and I am tired of packing too much stuff in a suit. Did you ever uh, wear a suit on the beach? <laughs> I did. It was real awkward. I felt like a real douchebag and cool at the exact same time. So that related to no one, nor should it, because you shouldn't wear a suit to Venice Beach. <laughs> That was me bragging that I once went to Venice Beach, everybody. I'm a world traveler. We're going to have a very fun show tonight. I'm incredibly excited for all three of our guests. But in addition to our guests, we have the wonderful house band, Seth, and we have the wonderful co-host, Esmeralda. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Esmeralda Leone, everybody. Esmeralda. <laughs> no, he went to Venice Beach, not Africa. Oh, sorry. Have you been to Africa, Seth? I've 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 sensed the rains. What is the line? I've I've blessed the rains. I've blessed the rains, but I haven't been. Oh, yeah. of Africa? Not of yeah. Africa. Down there. Yeah. Here's a fun fact that's stupid. Uh, <laughs> this year's record store day, uh -huh. Toto re-released Africa, and the vinyl was cut in the shape of Africa. Oh, that's nice. So How that's does that turn? 
the same way. You could cut any vinyl any way. It's just as long as the, the, the actual music is the part that's not on the edges of Africa, it's fine. It'll play. Yeah, but as it's turning, does it go... Do, 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 no, it does not do that. It does oh, not okay. come with automatic skips in the record. <laughs> I just, I would assume that there are... I mean, Africa has a... At the bottom, it narrows. The music isn't part of the bottom. I don't know. All of the music in Africa comes from the middle. Oh, night, yeah. whatever that is. That's how the vinyl works. We're awful people, and I have no idea what's in the middle of Africa. Nigeria. how are you? Good. You had a face. You made a, like a very uncomfortable face when I yelled your name. No, no, no. Oh, because you introduced me. Because I was just like, I'm just gonna come up as the music one, and then we'll just pretend I'm just I appeared. Oh, sure. <laughs> How have things? And then you introduced me, which is I was like, ah. I, I like your lipstick quite oh, a bit tonight. Oh, thank you. Do you want to explain the color? It's red. Party. Uh, what yeah. brand of lipstick? Oh, oh, top tip, guys. You can get this at Walgreens. It's uh, Milani, at Walgreens. Yeah. Go to walgreens.com. <laughs> Plugs, everybody. Uh, Esmeralda's... Uh, Let's hope they, they then give us money. Esm- yeah, that's going to happen. Esmeralda's real person job is uh, on the radio. Right. Uh, you occasionally take calls on the radio. I don't take calls. There are Whoever's shows there, yeah, calls yeah, pop up. Yes, How yes. often are you glad that you took a call on the radio? Oh, not a lot. Has it ever? Have you ever been like, that was a thoughtful response to no, a complicated issue? No, I don't. So I do, so what I, I do traffic, so I don't, for the most part, I can just stay back and just yell into the abyss about whoever's calling, but sometimes I will turn my mic on and yell at the person have you <laughs> in a polite way. <laughs> what if? What is your normal retort? No, there is no normal retort. Okay. It's more of just what they're, just the ridiculous things what they like to say. Do you say. have an example? Um, the one specifically was just a guy who decided to just, oh, uh, well, there's two. There was the one guy who said that he knew all Mexicans because he knew somewhere he lived, and uh, they all lived 10 in an apartment. And he's like, I know them. I know Mexicans because I knew some before. And it's like, that's not how that works. Uh, and I think on the air, I went, so you know all of us? All the Mexicans in the world. You know all of us. It's quite a feat, sir. Uh, and then the other one was, he was just talking about immigration and how, um, uh, well, he was saying that there were illegal immigrants or illegal aliens. And I was like, are we in 1957? Like, wh- no, undocumented. Why do you have to put that on them? So I, was I do know it's an official term, which is some bullshit. So I was in Mexico and mm-hmm. uh, brag, and uh, I was sitting at the bar, and uh, another I was wearing a Chicago Cubs hat. Right. And some guy's like, I am from Chicago. And I was like, this is going to be great. Nobody racist lives in Chicago. No, wait. So, so then, wait, uh, what was the guy? <laughs> we're getting there. Uh, okay. And then, uh, and then uh, I met his wife, and his wife is Russian. And I was like, this is cool. He uh-huh. got. He met a Russian woman. They're married. They currently live in Denver. He's from Chicago. It's gonna be a great oh, conversation. Okay. And then it devolved into uh, all those illegals. I'm like, we're in Mexico right now. Well, this no, is they're the good ones, though. Yeah, and then, that's uh, what I always assume when when a lot. I know certain people who have very odd rights that I work with, or not rights. They have odd opinions that you work with. Yes. Who has an odd? You can't say names. I you mean, I'm not gonna say jobs. names. Whatever. They after can the show, you tell me though, right? Right. It does. No, it's not people on air. Oh, okay. Good. Um, Are you sure? At least that that I know of. Okay. Okay. That have not said anything. I just assume, for the most part, when I meet people like that, they just think I'm one of the good ones because I can speak English well. (laughs) To be fair, (laughs) see, I was going to make a joke, but now I just sound like a horrible racist. 
Right. No, go ahead. You are one of the good ones. Aww. See what I mean? See, that's a bad Double look. meaning. That's a bad thing to say out I loud see. into a microphone. Are you enjoying your time at World's Greatest Network Radio? Yeah. No, it's 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 a lovely place. Half of, Most of the people are lovely people there. Um, and you were about to say half. Some. Some are majority. not. Majority. Majority are good. Yeah, majority are good people. But then there's some bad and ones. And then there's just the, the ones who don't know any better, and I just think that they don't leave their house. And they might see someone walking. They're the kind who will cross the street when just they see someone who is slightly tan. <laughs> I would assume. Well yeah, no, it is an awe moment. Is it's that like, how you describe your pigment? Slightly tanned? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm more than tan. There you go. Uh, do your parents listen to you? Uh, only to, uh, ca- uh, to see if I'm at work. <laughs> yeah. Wait. No, my mom, she will. And I actually, this is why before the show, I called her to tell her that I was not on the air and I won't be on Sunday either because Pitchfork is happening. So I'm, I'm not going to come in. I work Sunday nights, Monday morning. And because if I don't tell her that I have a day off, she will then call me the next day and ask me, where was I? What happened? Why weren't you on the air? <laughs> What did she think you were doing before you were on the radio? Because when we started the show, you were not on the radio. Did she think you were missing at all times? No, no, but she knows at 10 o'clock is when I start that I start and I'm on the radio. And if I'm not and it's another voice, she goes, there was a man on when you were supposed to be. And I'm like, I don't know. Do you tell tell her that that guy was one of the good ones or no? Yeah. (laughs) I go, he's one of the good ones. Well, it's okay. No, she she also, uh, it cracks me up because she also then. Uh, I'll be talking on the radio with with some get with uh, some host, and she goes, "I don't know that was you. You were talking." I go, "Yeah, I'm your goddamn daughter. How do you not know that was me talking?" So she's not one of the good ones, is what you're saying. <laughs> she's okay. <laughs> we'll keep her. Are you excited about Pitchfork in yeah. any way? Yeah, I am too. What do you want to say? Uh oh. Um oh. Tribe called Quest. That's, that's For sure. That's nice. And then, because I don't look at other people, or I don't listen to, I literally just listen to early 90s. So you should be excited R&B. for PJ Harvey. Oh, you said R&B. Yeah, well, no, I'm excited for the one song, and then I'm going to walk away. <laughs> she's not going to play that one song. Ah, come on. The, the one about drowning? No, she's not going to play little, that. Come on. She's not going to play what that. What if I yell it? I'm sure What if I have a <laughs> sign? That if you have play a sign. that one song. I don't even know the name of the song. I'm just going to go play that one song that talks about that little girl. Little fish, big fish. Yeah. Swimming in the water. Come back here and give me my daughter. Right. Is that the name of the song? No, that's the chorus. <laughs> I'm just going to write that on a sign and just stand at the front. Like, play this. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to be, that's going to be me. Are you worried about your organization because of Trunk? No, I'm not worried about Trunk. No, no, no. You're not worried about Trunk. No. Why? Because Trunk is just Trunk. That's not, you can't, say, you can't define the word with the word. Wait, isn't Tronk just Tribune Media? Yeah, I know, but like, uh, have they done anything positive? I don't know. Cool. They're uh, not really, we're very separate of them. Are they? Are the you? Radio Who station? owns WGN? Uh, I should know this. Well, now it's owned by Sinclair Broadcasting. Are you worried about that? Uh, yes. Wha- for the listener at home and the people in the room, explain why you're a little bit worried about Sinclair Broadcasting. A little bit. That's... You know what? The I- the idea of someone listening to a podcast and being like, she's right. talking out of turn. Sinclair, make sure to make sure to tag it. listening to this. Make sure yeah. to tag it Sinclair. Yeah, done. Not a problem. <laughs> just do that and then put my name 
like together and for see sure. what happens. No, I'm actually, you know what? I work for a company that's a, tra- a traffic company, so I'm sort of not afraid of getting fired. If I get fired, they're going to get rid of all the traffic people, But you I guess. also sub and are on I air. Do. You're part of on-air I talent do. as well. And I have said, I haven't said this on air because we don't talk like that on air, but I will, I'm going to, I'm going to say it now because might as well stick to my guns or whatever. That's right. That if shit goes down because Sinclair is an awful, awful company, I will just leave. Okay, why are they an awful, awful company? I was watching, I watched the John Oliver thing, like everyone else did, and it scared the shit out of me. Uh, with w- Just the fact that they have a fucking thing called Terrorism Watch, where they're just talking about brown people, just in general. Some brown person was walking down the street. That was our Terrorism Watch. It's like, what the fuck? Um, I can't think of a better way to bring up our first guest. Ah, there we go. <laughs> it's completely sincere. Um, so I'm Segway. I'm in the midst of reading his book. It is available for yes. sale. Um, it is not an easy read, but it's a worthwhile read. And uh, he took time to come and hang out with us before he travels to both the UN in New York and the UN in Geneva. True statements. You got any guests as good as this on uh, therapy sessions? No, but I'm going to try to get him. Well, come on. <laughs> try to get your own guys. Come oh, on. Oh, now you're poaching who's, our who's guests. Who's your booker? Can I, can I, can I use your booker? You, you have a booker, don't you? Yeah, but. That's wh- so but weird. Yours is better. Why don't you book it yourself? I'm bi- I have a day job. Do it's you also want to borrow the book he's reading? Sure. I love yeah. to read. Why don't, <laughs> literally emails, man. It's not hard. Emails. You, e- you email people that you, you think. Bu- can you book for me? I could book for you. All right. Done. I'll bo- I like booking. It's I, the most fun. I just had the best interview that I've had all year with Christian just out on the patio. Well, thanks for ruining it. Now i got to oh, try sorry. to top that. Ladies sorry, and sorry. gentlemen, whose name I'm going to intentionally mispronounce, please put your hands together for Christian Piccolini, everybody. Christian, please come to the stage. <laughs> Tupac's changes? Yeah, man. Hell yeah. Hello. Christian, I in- intentionally mispronounced your last name because it's Absolutely. part of your book. My name is part of me, too. That is technically true. Uh, Christian, how do I actually pronounce your last name? It is pronounced Picciolini, like okay. Peach. Uh, because you are clearly an Italian-American man. That is correct. I was also the bouncer there for a couple seconds because the two people I walked in tried to hand me their IDs <laughs> when I was sitting at the bar. To be fair, you are kind of dressed like a bouncer, <laughs> which is not a bad thing. Jeans are a sensible uh, attire. It's good to have on a black shirt and a black hat. Well, what people don't know is when I'm done with my interview that the cover charge actually goes up to $5. Fantastic. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) So um, you wrote a book that is very important, and when you published it, I don't think you realized how important it would be. No. (laughs) Uh, No, I didn't. Okay, the name of the book is? It's called Romantic Violence, Memoirs of an American Skinhead. And because you are not Hulk Hogan, you actually live these things, uh, you were a skinhead. I was. And more importantly than just being a skinhead, hey, all you other loser skinheads out there, try harder. I know you're big listeners to the show. Um, <laughs> you have a huge skinhead uh, Huge, Huge skinhead population <laughs> and Sinclair Broadcasting Management. Those are our only two <laughs> listening groups. Ah, yes. Um, Who you do you think's doing a terrorism yeah. launch, right? Looking for brown people. <laughs> Yes, terrorism is the best word to use for this. You were one of the best terrorists of the late 80s and early 90s. I don't think I've ever heard those two words put together, best terrorist. <laughs> uh, but I mean, there's got to be a best for everything, that's right? That's right. 
good or bad. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Please change your Twitter bio to what I just said. <laughs> yeah, no, I was uh, from uh, 1987 to 1995, I was a member of America's first neo-Nazi skinhead group. I was 14 years old when I joined, and I was 22 when I left. And that was 22 years ago. Wait, so originally, where are you from? Chicago. Okay. And most people don't know that. The neo-Nazi skinhead movement was actually born on the south side of Chicago. Oh, interesting. Is it interesting, or once you think about it for like two seconds, you're like, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, but I think they would organize. So. That yeah. well. I just think that the most, seg the most segregated city in America, like, yeah, we're pretty cool at starting some cool stuff, guys. Like the biggest skinhead movement. So, uh, that was a long time ago but it's still clearly who you are. It's part of your life. It, it determined your outcome, and you're using really bad stuff to turn it into really good stuff. Yeah, I've actually, for the last 20 years, I've been uh, helping people leave the movement that I helped build. Um, and how, well, how did you, why did you leave? What, what was the, the light bulb, or what, what sparked you Ev leaving? Everybody asked that. It wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> one light bulb. It was okay. like a, sh a chandelier um, over time. You know, I just started to meet people that I kept outside of my social circle, uh, and I received compassion from them, and they were the people that I least deserved it from when I least deserved it. And I'd never had a meaningful interaction with the people that I claimed to hate. I didn't have black friends. I didn't have Latino friends. I didn't have gay friends. I was so secluded from everybody. But when you were in high school, you were the high school football captain. That's right. You had black players. You had Hispanic players. You didn't have just white dudes. And you, 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 you were able to work on the field together as a unit. Right. Why, didn't, why do you think at that time it didn't translate into the rest of your life? Because I don't think that I was raised to be a racist. Uh, my parents weren't racist. Okay. They were actually Italian immigrants who came to the U.S. in the 60s, and they were the victims of prejudice when they came. Um, but I felt really abandoned by them because they were, having, they were working really, really hard, sometimes seven days a week. 14 hours a day, and I didn't see it then. You know, growing up, you're a teenager, and you're like, where the fuck are my parents? Uh, but now, being a parent myself, they were working hard to support the family. Um, but, you know, I felt marginalized. I felt like I didn't really fit in. I didn't know what my identity was. I didn't know if I was Italian. I didn't know if I was American. I didn't know if I was Italian-American, American-Italian. Uh, so, uh, you know, I went out, and I, s I was searching, just like everybody else, for an identity, a community, and a sense of purpose. Do you think it's easier in 87 to get involved with this stuff or 2017 to get involved with hate groups oh uh well in 1987 it was it was brand new so nobody really knew what a skinhead was in 87 that was before oprah had him on and before geraldo got his nose broke by one uh and uh, nobody really knew uh, and actually the guy who recruited me was america's first neo-nazi skinhead leader um so was it easier to join back then i don't think so uh, is it easier to join now? Uh, it's certainly more widespread uh, with the internet. We're seeing a lot of you know, propaganda going back and forth that's influencing people, news sites that I won't talk about, Breitbart. Um, <laughs> we could talk about Breitbart because people know Breitbart, but I don't want right. to name any other site that's not at that level. No, right. we don't want to do that. No. I, I know you're, for the listener at home, he's smiling at me, like <laughs> asking what was the site. Well, no, I mean, they're, they're writing about me right now. I guarantee oh, it. I'm sure they are. I guarantee it. So one of the fun things about this show is I'm uh, real-life friends with both people that are on Fox News on a daily basis. Kat Timp is a friend of the show. 
Uh, she's a libertarian who's on Fox News that believes in uh, nothing but wants to be on TV. So she's on Fox News every day. <laughs> no, it's true. That's true. Cat, Cat's entire belief system is uh, I want to get high all the time, and the government shouldn't tell me I can't get high all of the time. She happens to be a very attractive blonde woman who's willing to show her legs during segments in Fox News. So she's on literally every day. When, the, uh, when Comey got fired and they had the cry on, it was, it was incorrect, and it said, uh, uh, Comey quits the FBI, that's Kat on the TV screen. You, you could find it on The Daily Show because that's important or Wait, something. Wait, she wrote it or her no, legs no, no, were she, in it? No, no, Her legs were on the screen. Anyways, oh, okay. So, but I'm also friends with my friend Legbo, Carrefour, who is one of Bill, was one of Bill O'Reilly's most hated men because he was one of the guys that organized the disrupt pro- protests uh, on January 20th. So I like to think that this show brings people together. We're building uh-huh. bridges, That's for right. sure. So the, I completely lost complete track of thought, and I apologize. It's track of thought is not even a phrase. Train okay, of well thought let me, is Let me ask you a question, because I am very... I'm always, like... That whole skinhead culture is very interesting, and just the, the when you hear... And even when you go back with the Nazis and things and Hitler, and it's like he's a tiny man, and he was not exactly an Aryan and all this, and not blonde hair, blue eyes. How did he, how did that skinhead leader think, you, sir, Italian immigrant parents, be a skinhead? Like, why? Well, it didn't start out with racism at first. He didn't. Okay. He didn't teach me to hate at first. He brought me in with pride and he would say things like, you're a European, your ancestors are great warriors, oh, your okay. you know, Roman civilization influenced you know, the rest of Europe and the rest of the world and, yeah. he, and he built me up and he made me very proud of who I was and I, I already was yeah. uh, because I grew up in a really small Italian uh, f- you know, family um, and then after a while it would turn into, oh yeah, and you should be proud and by the way, people are taking that away from you and then it would turn into, oh those people, those other people that are taking that away from you, you should really try and stop them first. Oh, and then, by the way, you should hurt them and then kill them if you can. It seems like in 87, it seems like when you were a kid, there wasn't the, there wasn't so much hatred of the other as there is now, or at least acceptable hatred of the other. Like Esmeralda was talking about on Sinclair and in the, in the Terror Watch, you said? Yeah, Terror Watch. Terrorism yeah. Watch. I it think. seems like that's now the norm, and it's no longer a shocking thing. And, and I'm wondering, how does that affect what you do when you're speaking to kids, if their parents are watching the things that you think are maybe a bad thing? Well, I would say that we've probably become a little bit numb to the fear rhetoric. Okay. Um, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, there were racist people everywhere, just like there are now. Uh, and... You know, I'm, there. I don't think that there are more racists today than there were then. It just wasn't cool to talk about it. It's like they came out of the sewer, and we'd been keeping the sewer cap on it for many, many years, thinking we were moving towards a post-racial society, which we weren't. And now, you know, the election happened, and those sewer caps popped off, and so many people want to push them back down into the sewer. And I say, let them come out, because I can. So tell you think you, it's good? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think it's great. I think that. Uh, while what they're saying is, is, you know, is terrible, it's disgusting in many ways, uh, and they're certainly hurting people, there are hate crimes on the rise, uh, I think we needed to see it to believe it. I think we needed to see the problem exists in this country to, to really understand how to, to deal with it. That is a, a wonderful debatable point that there's not going to be consensus on, but I would just like to point out that all those people that are writing about you are going to take that quote out of context and oh, say yeah. that that's the thing, that you're actually funded 
by all of these horrible people. And yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I can tell you. <laughs> I can tell you that I am absolutely not funded so by anybody. So, how much do you make a year, and what's your social security number? <laughs> Birth date too. Uh, you're going to speak. Mother's maiden name. You're, oh, that's in the book. They've already got all that. Yeah, stuff. exactly. Yeah. Uh, what What makes you afraid? Does anything make you afraid at this point? You know, no, I'm not afraid of a lot. Um, what makes me afraid right now is how mainstream what I used to believe is becoming and how marketing savvy they've gotten at making the message more palatable to reach more people, to fool more people. That's scary to me um, because it's not a new concept. 30 years ago, even we recognized like the skinhead thing it's scaring the average American racist away. They don't like the swastika. They don't like the tattoos. Oh, so let's grow our hair out. Let's not get the tattoos. Let's put suits on. Let's go to college. Let's get jobs in law enforcement. Let's run for office. That was 30 years ago. We called it leaderless resistance. They're now calling it the alt-right. Um, and uh, that's what scares me, is that they're actually shiny enough to fool people into buying you know, that fake gem. A year ago, at this time, I was at the RNC, and I was covering for WGN, who's you owned were. by Sinclair Broadcasting. And um, yeah, I went to the Milo book thing. Oh yeah, I went to the. I don't. And I'm not saying his last name, not because I don't think he needs the platform, but because, because I, you can't pronounce. I can't it. pronounce it. Right. So um, I went to the Milo book party, and it was literally. It was capacity. It was 200 seat, 200 person room. It was a hundred journalists, uh, and it was like 50 people that were paid to be there. 20 belie true believers and then 30 publicists and PR people. And as soon as the open bar was done, 90% of the journalists left. I was one of those people. And to me, I thought, this is, this is great. This is proof that it's not happening, that the election is clearly going to go the other way, and that there's just nothing to worry about. And I was wrong. So... In you were very wrong. I was okay. Yeah, I, I was the only one. Oh, um. I just, I just remember those days because, like, it was a thing of like, I really worried. You're like, don't be worried. There's literally. This guy has fine. It's fine. So and I, I was just like, okay. That's why I think right. the sewer analogy is so apt because at that time, and if things turned out a little bit different a few months ago, I don't think we would be where we're at with the openness of the alt right now. Do you think that we would be in this, this is a kind of pointless, kind of fun thought experiment. Do you think we would be in this place of an acceptance of the alt-right if things turned out differently on November 8th? No, I don't think so. Because I don't think it would be getting a lot of the media attention that it's getting. Okay. Um, I, th I think it would still survive kind of in the corners of the internet and, and, and still be out there influencing people. And I think that if you saw somebody like Hillary getting elected, that the propaganda you'd see ramp up from the far right and you may get a lot more people joining, but I don't think it would get the cachet that it's gotten because of, of it being on every you know, news channel from Fox to CNN to you know, MSNBC or John Oliver. Great, so we're in a horrible place. Now, how you do important work. You're literally going to speak to the UN. Yeah. You've known about this for a lot longer than the majority of the people that are listening to you. What is something, anything, that a normal person could do, and by normal I mean literally everyone that isn't you, could do to make the world a, a better place? I know that's a fucking hack question, but come on, I gotta ask it. 
No, I mean, it, it's, it's, not a, it's not a stupid question. I think we can all do so. You know, people ask me all the time, like, how do we solve racism? There's so much That's not going to happen. Racism. Let's go small. Let's go real and, small. And, and that's where I go. I go small. You know, we can affect the people that are closest to us, our friends, our family, our coworkers, you know, the person that you pass on the street every day. Say hi to them. Start a conversation with them. It doesn't have to be about politics. You'll find that we have more in common with people when we focus on the commonalities instead of, you know, starting right off the bat with, you know, who'd you vote for? Um, and I think but, okay, we should start there. To be, yeah, but we're in Chicago. I do the show in D.C. Chicago went, what, like 94% not Trump, and D.C. went 92% not Trump because they love Gary Johnson out there. So what, why... It's, a, it's super easy to start a conversation in city limits. Well, I was in Montana. Okay, here we I, go. And I was doing a talk in Montana, and I invited Richard Spencer. Uh, for those who don't know, Richard Spencer is kind of like the alt-right poster boy. Uh, and uh, he spends half his time in Virginia and half of it in, in Montana. And I invited him to my talk, and he came. And I spent two hours talking to him afterwards. I invited him for coffee. And... You'll have to wait and see what comes out <laughs> next week. So check, check the Google. Okay. Well, what? It was good. It was a good conversation. You know. What did you take? What did you think? What did you take away in the sense of, as a person, is he just a dick bag? Cause you don't have to be right. Just I just mean like, is he just an <laughs> asshole in just a general he sense? He is the brash, well dressed guy that you would think okay he number one he's not well dressed because he's too overweight for his suits okay. once you're too overweight <laughs> for your suits you have to realize who you are as a human being i don't wear suits i used to wear five years ago because i realize they don't fit properly don't be a hater <laughs> but i mean no no no, no. I, that's I, bipartisan i don't care what side <laughs> of the alley you're on fashion matters for a point like the re i'm dressed like this for a reason i'm trying to project mr rogers with this i'm trying to project relatively reasonable with an h&m shirt this tie is vintage and i got this tie clip for my wife but it's also a screw because we're getting all screwed get it and then these pants are yeah, reasonable. Are I bought them on clearance at J. Crew. Don't make fun of J. Crew because if you know how to shop, it's the same price as Marshall's, motherfuckers. And I wear these gym shoes because they're both <laughs> relatable and they're comfortable. So to say that fashion doesn't matter is fucking <laughs> racist. Apologize. Well, no. So I'm just wondering, like you. So I'm assuming he saw you as an equal. Do you think? Do you think he saw you as an equal? I think he did. I mean, do you I think everybody sees Did you sees feel us. like he was talking down to you or he was kind of just giving you the bullshit he always gives to everybody? I think, he I think he tried. But what I found out and you asked me, you know, what did I feel from him is he's broken just like the yeah. rest of us. Yeah, like that's what I mean. Like, is he as a person? Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You, you said something, there's something You said there. something very interesting here. He's broken just like the rest of us. Right. How so? I think we're all broken. I think we all have potholes in our lives that through periods have deviated us and some of it, you know, some people experience trauma, some abuse, some addiction, some mental illness, uh, you know, lack of education, poverty, whatever. We all have something in our lives that, that either did deviate us or could have potentially deviated us. And for him, his pothole, I believe, was that, you know, he didn't have a really good family life. Wah, wah. And do you, you know, wait, like and do you think deep down he's a good person? Do you think if you if you if you yeah. tunnel enough? I, I think I think yes. I think I think deep down is the real Richard Spencer, and I think that 99% of what everybody sees is an act. It's a facade. Uh, it's a It's a defense mechanism, mm. and it's theater. I really think so. Three uh, things. 
Before yeah. you continue, I want you to continue. Number one, I have to mention this because I wrote a book about wrestling and <laughs> I do a podcast about wrestling in addition to this. The only person that's broken is broken Matt Hardy. Number two, <laughs> number two, I, I think it's interesting that both Esmeralda started to smile slash laugh when you said Richard Spencer is deep down a good person and some people in the crowd did as well because number three, I completely, I think that everyone at their core is a good person. Right. Well, no, because you always see him, and just you think he's the epitome of evil, and that's the. But that's what I'm wondering. I'm like, is he really? You know, is it, there something there that we can work with? Yeah. Once the, all the bullshit is gone. Oh, yeah. Listen, I was a bigger asshole than Richard Spencer was. <laughs> Trust me. Wow. Are you in any part of you just jealous the internet didn't exist when you were at the top oh, of your game? No, You're you like, would, you I could have been. I could have been no, the meme of the week. No, no. I could have been getting punched on inauguration day. Uh, no, I am. I am often the meme of the week in their circles. But I tell you, if the internet were around when I was around, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now. Because there would be too much document. Do you think you'd be in jail, or do you think you would have never gotten into this because you would have found a separate group? No, I, I think I, I would be in jail. Um, I'd be in jail for sure. Uh, I think you know people are finding these groups because of the internet. Sure. And you know I love the internet, but. Yeah, you know, listen, he, he, I hate what he believes in. I think, you know, he's a, he's a pompous, uh, I called him a pseudo-intellectual. He didn't like that very much. Um, but I also think that, you know, he has a reality that has never crossed over into your reality, Brandon, or your reality, Esmeralda. Well, and do you think he believes it? Do you think he believes everything he's saying, or do you think he's just kind of just saying shit just to rile people up? I think he believes at a fundamental level what he's talking about, but I think he is ramping it up for, for the cameras. Okay. I really do. I, I think that. Um, and he gave me a hug. I took a picture with him. I'll show it to you. We're both given the peace sign. Um, and uh, Well, you know, you're, you're he promised to meet technically me again. white to him, so it's okay. He's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, he, I mean, what do you believe? He's a dick, right? <laughs> like, he's, his, his ideas are, are dickish. Let's say that. Um, he was nice to me, and I was nice to him, and I think that uh, I would like to have another conversation with him. I feel like I planted a seed. I wasn't expecting to change Richard Spencer, you know, magically after one of my talks, but uh, it was good to spend time with him to understand that, you know, he's not some monster. And, you know, frankly, if he, if he did a quarter of the shit that I did when I was, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, I would be a little bit afraid of him, but I'm not. Is any part of you right now just kind of bragging that, like, I'm, you were literally a tough guy, and you could literally punch back. Yeah, and I totally. and, and I didn't, and I didn't. I actually told him. I said, Richard, I said, we're in this auditorium. It was just me and him and a camera. I actually had a camera with me, so the two hours of this is filmed, and it was me, him, and a camera, and I said, Richard, you know I could literally murder you right now, and nobody would know, and nobody would care. Oof. And he said, well, you know, I take Tai Chi, and I said, you really want to try? Wait, does he know what Tai Chi is? And then we laughed about it, and you know, I mean, it was it was cordial. It was you know, it was. I don't want to. So say what you're saying is you pleasant. literally you literally threatened a man's life, and then you followed it up with it was cordial. Uh, yeah, I didn't kill him. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> Listen, if we if we went around punching everybody that we disagreed with, we'd all have black eyes, and you know, we'd all hate each other. Uh, do you do you think your tattoos help you? Because I think they, they have do. to. They do. If yeah. I'm a, if I'm a 17 year old kid and I'm seeing you speak and like you look like a badass, you've played in bands, you've toured with Joan Jett. Well, if I'm 17, I don't give a shit about you, Joan Jett. Hey, 17 year old Joan Jett's important. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, if I see you, I give you more credit. 
Do you always yeah. expose your arms when you're speaking? I don't wear tank tops just like you. Fair enough. Now wait for the for the because we are a audio, audio podcast. podcast. Thank you. Yeah, what yeah. what is on your arms that you think would would so cause I'm, I'm, any I'm, sort of like? Oh. I'm fairly covered in tattoos for yes. the, for the listening audience. Okay. Um, many of those at one point in my life were very offensive tattoos, uh, all of which have been covered up except for one, uh, and it's actually one that is a band around my arm here and it's it's Scandinavian or Nordic runes mm -hmm. in a band. Uh, and to most people, when they see that, first of all, they don't know what they are. Second of all, they would never make the connection that, that the neo-Nazi movement co-opted that. And even, you know, Hitler co-opted runes. Um, but if you're in the know, you know, right? And one day, seven years ago, I was walking down the street uh, and I had uh, already co-founded my organization, Life After Hate. And uh, somebody came up to me and he's like, hey, bro, nice tattoo, white power. And I thought for a second and I said, hey, bro, let's talk. And that was actually my first intervention. Wow. Yeah. So it, does, it, it opens doors. I mean, it does have credibility. I, you know, I can tell you that I would never at 17 years old would have talked to a cop or a teacher or a parent or somebody from the neighborhood or a priest. But if somebody that, you know, was kind of like me, uh, looked like me, with tattoos, I would have probably listened if it was somebody that I respected. And um, yeah, so I go, I go in wanting to strangle most of the people that I work with <laughs> because of the things that they say, but I don't ever argue ideologically with them. That's not my approach because I know that that just pushes us further away. What I do is I listen for those potholes that I talked about and then I fill them. So I try to make people more resilient uh, so that they don't have to blame the other for what they feel is being taken away. But then I also immerse them in situations that they've never been in. I'll introduce a Holocaust denier to a Holocaust survivor or uh, an Islamophobe to an imam or a Muslim family. Uh, and I build that bridge because oftentimes they've never ever in their lives had a meaningful interaction with the people that they hate. And I, that was the case for me. I played, I played football with, you know, people of color, of all different colors, and, and on the football field it was fine. It wasn't, you know, I had a mission. I was always driven by something. Uh, but when we left the locker room, they were my enemies. And, you know, I didn't know them. And that's why, and most of it was because I hated myself. I projected my own well, self-hatred yeah. onto others. We, clearly. And if, I don't understand why people are like, oh yeah, he hated it. Like, that should be so, it's such a given. You clearly hate yourself if you're doing this stuff. Yeah. A lot of broken people in that movement. Once again, there's only one broken person. His name is Matt Hardy, and he's on the... <laughs> trying to bring some levity here. Jesus Christ, everybody. Um, let's end with some fun stuff. Do you think... You're, you're an Italian-American man. Do you think if, this, if uh, you were in high school in 97 when The Sopranos was at its peak, you would just be a big Sopranos fan? <laughs> I am a big Sopranos fan. There you fan. go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but... Uh, I was a tight end. What wah, position wah. did he play in football, by the way? No Some people him. don't realize that uh, we're recording this for a podcast for nine years. And He's got uh, a microphone They've only right sat there. through He's, nine his years His voice, of I feel like that probably his, did His voice cut through, the, yeah. cut through to the microphone. On my show, Dan's allowed to ask questions. This isn't your show! <laughs> you don't even book your show. I book your show. I'm booking Dan, by the way. Dan's really <laughs> mad that I'm saying his name into a microphone right now. Yeah, Dan doesn't work here. Okay, whatever. Brandon, I know you've got hundreds of people here in the audience, but I happen to bring enough books for everybody here. Fantastic. How much I'd are love to give them. How much are uh, they? They're free for this they're audience. They're free? Oh, what? 
it, it, people it's are cost real me, mad they didn't show up now aren't it's gonna they? cost me thousands of dollars to hand one out to everybody here <laughs> but, but you're I that would kind of guy do that. you're that kind of guy you're a great guy uh, so uh, thank you um to me you fit in the same one lane. of the good ones you fit in the same <laughs> you fit in the same lane as like a w come out belt who i adore and front of the show brag uh you are doing really, to me, common sense work that's incredibly difficult that most people don't ever confront and understand. And it's, uh, and in addition to confronting your past, you're making the world a better place. Um, good luck. Thank you. That's sincere. Good luck. And I think that people like you are, are really gonna, you already, you already know you're, you're changing the world for the better. Um, and I was gonna end with like a very big, liberal, how do you fix, blah, 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 question, but who gives a shit? Here's the actual final question before we bring up a comic. I feel so bad for Bill because this has not been fun. Um, when do you think racists will understand graphic design? <laughs> you know, I've been struggling with that for years. I actually learned Photoshop <laughs> after I got out of the movement. But you're right. They're, they're okay, pretty bad so at Okay, so when you were into like, like screwdriver and shit like that, I get it. That was an aesthetic choice. It was the 80s. It's cut and paste. It's 2017, everybody. <laughs> Instagram filters are free. Use them, racist. It doesn't have to look like shit. Yeah, but if you look at the creator, you know when you first open Photoshop and it lists like the 3,000 names of the creators that actually made that product? They won't use it because they're Asian and they're Jewish <laughs> and they're, you know. I can't tell if you're making a joke right now or you're serious. I don't know if you're. I mean, I could see that completely. Do like you, why do would you use the product? I don't know of if Christian knows he's making a joke or if he's sitting in effect right now. I was not making a joke. Oh. That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, listen, let Come me tell on, you. Come on, like some racist can't that, get together and be like, "We're gonna handle this shit. We're gonna reverse engineer it." Like, no, they they do that in the dark. They they use Photoshop when nobody's looking, but it doesn't look good though. No, well, they don't have enough practice. Listen, let me tell you, when I was 17 years old and I was married. Uh, or sorry, not 17. When I was 19 years old and I was married, my wife had a list. She wasn't in the movement. This is something I made her do. She had a list of products that she could buy at the grocery store that were not kosher. Wow. That's how ridiculous it was. Yeah. So I may have been making a joke, but you know, looking back at it, I don't know that I was. But now, okay. It's, it's there's no, there's it's literally reality. no good way to end this right now. To, to well, how about, how about you tell us where can we find more information on the book and maybe true. trying to find so it if, you, if you know someone who does need help or needs your sure. services. So let's be honest, they're not listening to the show, so that's a pointless thing. <laughs> well, well, no, we, there no, could stop be it. someone. But everybody no. knows somebody that may know somebody. Exactly. Sure. For the people that listen to the show, the people that actually listen to the show, that actually like book places that we've done this show, someone like you should be at the Kennedy Center or the Smithsonian or the Library of Congress talking to people in a not boring way. I appreciate that. Well, you can get my book where books are bought. <laughs> That's easy enough. Uh, and, uh, if, and I guarantee you that somebody listening today knows somebody uh, that you know, could use some help. They can go to uh, either lifeafterhate.org, which is my nonprofit that I co-founded, or exitusa.org, which is our direct hotline for people who are looking for help. Or if you want to have some wildcard fun, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. type his name into the Google search engine. Mm. Oh, yeah. Plus, and then any terrorism, terrorist, jihad, and then his yeah. stuff will come up, and it'll yes. be real fun. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, your complete search history has been shit 
and uh, that's wonderful for you. Yeah, and then you'll also find the really fun stuff that the that the neo Nazis like to make about me to try and discredit me, like that my real name is Abdullah bin Muhammad, and uh, that I started ISIS <laughs> 20 years ago. Uh, Do they Photoshop you like in outfits? Oh yeah. So they've learned some Photoshop. They make hour-long videos what about me, like, on the regular. It's, okay, it's stop no, bragging. Stop they, bragging. I, I can't even... <laughs> but I'm imagining, like, they, they put, like, outfits on him and, like, his head's on, like, an outfit and they're dancing around or Well, something. remind me to show you the one where they Photoshopped me to look like, uh, a, uh, like a rabbi. Uh, and they call me Rabbi Picklestein Because that's Twitter. real. <laughs> yeah. In between mm-hmm. the times where they've called me a pedophile, a rapist, and, oh, the latest one is President Obama left... Uh, granted me $10 million before he left office so that I could round up all white nationalist young people and put them in FEMA camps. That was Damn. the latest one. So Is it all done in MS Paint? Ideas. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Touche. Hold on. This show, if anything, graphic designers love us. If we could... <laughs> would you be down, if, if possible, if we could do a video where it's an instructional video for people that hate you, how to have better graphic design and better graphics <laughs> in their propaganda about you. Would you be like, would you green like that? Only if I could dress up in green like Peppy the Frog. Absolutely. Oh. Like, we'll, we'll, Wait, but yeah, can we also? We'll, no, no, this will be, we'll put you in front of a green screen and we'll go, how to make Christian Pepe, and then we'll show them step by step no, how to use Photoshop. No, but what we have to do is then you have to give a certain amount of money, you can figure that out later, and then it goes towards... Uh, anti-racist things. Yeah. They well, have to pay, and it can be a minimal amount, but they have to pay to get the good stuff, and then it goes to something better no, than No, I just want doing. to learn Photoshop. It's just offensive <laughs> to the eye. How about this? There was an organization in Germany that does what we do, and they went to a neo-Nazi rally, and they handed out T-shirts for free, and the T-shirts had like some kind of white power symbol on it. But when, they t- when these people took the free shirts home and they washed them, the ink dissolved, and it said, if this shirt can change, so can you. And that's pretty awesome. And I bet you they still wore them. That's pretty cool, but I think Photoshop is a lifelong skill that could help everyone. (laughs) And I'm just trying to make the world a better place. Just like you. If if anything, my job is more important than yours. I mean, bad Photoshop hurts all eyes, regardless of race, is all I'm saying. Yeah. So plugs is you'll be at the UN. Uh, Check them out at (laughs) UN.com. Uh, .org. Da, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for doing this. It's my pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Christian Pichelini. anything with final in the countdown <laughs> after he's done talking. Jesus Christ. My wife is Jewish. Come on, guys. Fuck. I can't think of a better way <laughs> to bring you up than a 20-minute conversation about racism and hatred. <laughs> oh, God. I've wanted you to be on the show for years. I am so glad you're doing it. I am so regretful that this is the show that you are doing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Bill Book, everybody. Bill! Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> hello, I'm Bill. Hey, nice to meet you. Um, 
I am black. Uh, that is the thing. I'm a black person. That is both for the podcast audience and for the rest of you. Because like, if you close your eyes for like five seconds and listen to my voice, you're like, black comedian. No, you wouldn't. Uh, that's okay. It's okay. I know how I sound, and I have to explain it. I'm a black person. That's true. Um, do you guys here in the audience ever notice how being alive at all is a nightmare all the time. Do you ever notice that? You ever notice how being alive is like just horrible, a horrible nightmare all the time? I mean, sometimes you have like really dope sex. Like, don't get me wrong. Sometimes you have like really great sex, but that's like five times total and the rest of your life is just like a menagerie of human embarrassment and humiliation, you know what I mean? It's weird, man. And the worst part is like, I never, the, here's the thing, okay, here's the, okay. Here's the thing, listen, seriously, hold on. Okay, so here's the thing. The worst part about being alive and hating being alive is that no one asked my permission. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't, if I had a choice, I would have just stayed some kind of ethereal energy thing. Like, I would have been somebody <laughs> else's good day, right? Like, I, I didn't need to, like, be alive for 32 years to know that this sucks and I didn't want it. And I would go right back into the scrotum if I could. You know what I mean? Like, I would do that. I wasn't in there going, like, let me out, Dad. You know what I mean? Like, so weird. Your parents are just horny one day and then you're born. You know, like that's not your fault at all. You don't get a choice in that. It's, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's very strange. And statistically speaking, the day that your parents conceived you, probably not even one of those five good times. So they had mediocre sex and birthed a depressed person. And then, again, I'm black. Uh, and you guys heard the conversation that, that <laughs> just happened. On top of me hating myself for existing, there are people in the world who hate me for existing, which I don't fucking get. Like, I don't understand that. That's super crazy to me. There are people in the world who have never met me, don't know anything about me, but hate me because I exist. And that's nuts. Because I would think that those people would be my best friends. <laughs> because nobody hates me for existing more than I do. We should all be in the same fan club. Nope, KKK, got it. Uh, can't do that. It's not even what I was gonna talk about, but you guys talked about racism for 20 minutes, so I was like, let's do it. Uh, shit, I moved recently, that's what I was gonna talk about. I moved recently into a, from, a, from a big apartment in Logan Square to a significantly smaller apartment in Humble Park uh, sh in Chicago, which is how gentrification works. And uh, <laughs> it's okay, we got, we got three gentrifiers right in the front, <laughs> apparently. Very excited about it, no, it's, it's cool. You guys are here, you're at this show, obviously you're on the right side. Uh, but I moved, and one of the things that happens when you move, you guys know this, is that you end up with furniture. No matter how big or small the apartment you're moving into, you end up with furniture you gotta get rid of, right? Often you have to sell it on Craigslist, which is a nightmare! Have you ever tried to sell anything on Craigslist? Ever, anybody? Clap if you've tried to sell something on Craigslist. It sucks! Because one of two things happens. There's always one of these two things happens. Uh, people are either interested for 30 seconds, or they're way too interested. And what I mean by that is, I was trying to sell a mattress, a mattress and a, and a box spring and a bed frame, because ladies, I'm out here, I got it all. Uh, <laughs> it's not just a mattress on the floor, I got a box spring and a, cool. Uh, also, yeah, herpes. Uh, nope, okay. No, uh, but I was trying to sell my old bed, and 
of course, it was the, the hugest pain in the ass when people would email me back and be like, hey, so what brand was it? Did you ever smoke? Did you ever have bed bugs? And I'm like, cool, this person's interested. I'm going to email them back. And before I could finish writing my reply, they sent me another email that says, actually, I went to Mattress Firm three hours before I emailed you. And I'm like, why are you like this? Like, is this what you do in your spare time? Is this how you get off? Okay. Or you get people who are way too interested because the email for those people, always starts with like a bunch of M's, which is, <laughs> and then you can hear in the font, uh, like the typeface they use of the email, it's just like their voice is like, so, can you tell me what all you did in the bed? And I'm like, no, you can't have it. You want it too much, you're too interested. You know what I mean? Like I can't. So I was trying to sell it to like a friend or something. I, I'm a stand-up comedian, uh, as you may have guessed. Uh, <laughs> and I, I'm friends with a lot of stand-up comedians. And if you don't know, we are all broken people. Christian is right. Uh, we are scumbags. Most of us are scumbags. And like I said, I have a bed that it doesn't lay on the floor. But I know a lot of people who don't even have a mattress on the floor. They literally sleep on dirty laundry. Like they literally sleep on their underwear. And they wouldn't buy my mattress either for cheap. And I was trying to talk to my friend Sonia about it. And... Uh, uh, she was like, I can tell you why nobody wants to buy your bed. No one who you know wants to be on something that they know that you fucked on. And I was like, ah, fair, 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 cool, cool, cool. <laughs> that makes sense. But Sonia, we are sitting on my couch right now. You know what I mean? Like we're sitting on my couch right now. <laughs> and not only that, we're eating dinner together on the table that sits right in front of my couch. And we cooked that dinner on my stove. You know what I mean? Like we're, I fucked on all these things. I fucked on every horizontal surface in my house. And the only one of them that had a sheet that you could remove, wash, and replace was the bed. So you're fucking up. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're fucking it all up. Uh, I, it's okay. I'm, it's okay. It's fine. Actually, the bed would be probably... I'm, I'm bad at sex is where I'm going with this. Like I'm not good at it. I'm not good with... I'm not a fucksman, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not a, I'm not a cock guy, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, like, good at, mm, you know, like, uh, uh, coitus spectacularis, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I don't think there's anything wrong or bad about sex. I'm just, I just, I just know, I just, listen. Okay, so here's the thing. Again, black guy, right? I have a problem with perception when it comes to sex. I often end up in situations where people expect me to be a certain level of like mm, aggress mm, aggressive, you know, just like mm, like uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck, I'm just uh, I'm a fuck, you know what I mean? But I'm not I'm not that. Like, can you tell? I'm not that. I'm uh, <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> I'm not fucking you like that. But like, I'll give you an example. I was um. I was mid-coitus with a lady-type person. Uh, a lady-type person is how I say it, and that's why it's bad. Uh, <laughs> oh, can you tell that I sleep with women? Okay, cool. Uh, voice, hair, I'm, I have a stupid lesbian haircut, and like, <laughs> hold on, back up. A haircut designed by lesbian women <laughs> and cut onto my, just making sure this is recorded. I can't just say shit. Uh, I have a lesbian hairstylist, is what I meant to say. Um, but I was mid-coitus with a lady-type person, and she looked up at me, because I was on top, because I'm kinky like that, you know what I mean? I'm kinky. <laughs> Missionary. Uh, 
And she looked up at me and she said, she, in a whisper, she said, so what are you gonna do to me? And I said, well, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. And she said, uh, she said, you know what I mean. You got those big black arms. What are you gonna do to me with those big black arms of yours? And I said, well, the first thing I'm gonna do is point out how mistaken you are about the size of my arms. I am a skinny boy, I'm skinny. Um, it's very small, not big, can't pick you up. Uh, <laughs> and the second thing I'm gonna do is explain that we are already having sex. We're already having sex. Like that is everything I had, like that was, on the, that was what was on the docket for today. Like, don't get it twisted. I'm, like I said, I'm sex positive, I'm kink positive. If you want me to wreck your shit, I will come in like a wrecking ball, Miley. But like, you're gonna have to tell me if you want more than in, out, in, out, because that's what I got planned. <laughs> and what if I wasn't? What if I was the kind of guy who was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show her some shit tonight. You know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna give her what for, they don't say that. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna choke her, you know what I mean? Like, I can't do that. I can't just start doing that with somebody I don't know that well. Like, I can't just be like, I'm gonna choke, you know? Like, I can't, listen. Even if she's into it, I'm not the guy who's gonna show her that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm instantly transported to jail as soon as I start. It's not, black is still the new black when it comes to crime. Uh, okay. I am a feminist, and I, am, I did way too much riffing. Uh, I'm a feminist, that's true, and it's cool that you guys didn't react at all, and I understand why, because uh, black, ostensibly male, we'll get to that in a second, comedian, talking about being a feminist, apropos of nothing, you might think, okay, yeah, he's a feminist, but I don't fucking trust him. And you're right, because I could say, you guys, I'm a feminist, but women do be shopping, though. And then, like, <laughs> the word shopping comes up on the background on the projector and, like, fireworks and stuff, and I'm just, like, dancing around, like, <laughs> deaf comedy jam. Uh, and women shop so much that we need to talk about it. No, I'm not, I'm, that's not true. I'm a feminist be mostly because I think that representation matters, and if we don't talk about it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's an issue for uh, men and whatever I am, too. Uh, and we have to talk about it. We just have to. And the other thing is the patriarchy hurts me all the time, right? Like, I'm not, again, not feeling, I'm not, okay, do you guys understand that I don't really feel like a guy's guy, like a mansman, like a man's guy? I don't feel like a man. Uh, and wh what I mean by that is like, if you ask me what my gender is, I would say one of two things. Today, I would say, uh, I'm not really a man, I'm more like a sweet boy, you know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> and that knee move that I did, the little twist around, that's necessary, because you can't, as a person with a penis, you cannot say, I'm a sweet boy. Nope, rapist, murderer. <laughs> but if you turn this way, and you really mean it, and you curtsy just right, and you say, I'm a sweet boy, like, oh yeah, he's friends with his mom. Yeah, totally, yeah, that's me, sweet boy. Or my other one, it, when, I, when, I, when I'm going more butch, is uh, 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 lesbian bike messenger, that's what I go for, that's my gender expression, that's what I aim for, and that's what I'm, that's, okay. Uh, but often, I will be walking down the street, and I'll leave you, I'll leave you in a second. Uh, I will be walking down the street, and I will see a person who is a woman, uh, and she sees me as a person who probably is a man, and she gets uncomfortable, right? Because she doesn't know, sweet boy. Like, I have no interest in harassing women on the street. It's not, that's what men do, men do that. You guys know men are horrible to women on the street, right? You guys know that, this is a fact, this is just axiomatic, we can start from there. Okay, men are horrible to women on the street all the time. But how do you tell somebody that like, I know that and I'm not that, I know I look like that, but I'm not that. Like, I'm not gonna do that, I'm not, you can't, it's impossible. How do you tell somebody you're not gonna harass them on the street? Hey, lady! You know what I mean, like you can't. 
Just so you know, I hope you have a great day and have no You're already doing it. You see what I'm saying? That you're already doing what she was afraid of. I'm not going to talk to you about your tip. She's already calling the cops. And remember what I said about going to jail instantly? Don't want to do it. Um, I was trying to think of how we can solve this problem. And I don't think I have the solution, but I have a solution. And I'm going to give it to you. My solution is that we should kill, bear with me, <laughs> most of, hang on, the men. We should kill most of the men. We should kill most of them. We should kill most men. Like, it's like 50 50. It's actually like 51% women and 49% men, which I didn't know. Uh, but we should, we should kill like 90% of dudes. Like, we got forklifts and shit now. What do we need, like, dudes for? You know what I mean? Like, what do we need dudes for? We should live like lions. You guys know about Lion Pride Society? No? Okay, well, I do, because I researched it for this joke, so let's talk about it. Um, lions live in prides, which means they are 20 to 30 adult, usually related uh, female lions, a few adolescents, and one adult male lion. Maximum of one. And don't get it twisted. It's not a harem. It's not like the male lion is like out here just like, yeah, everything the light touches is my pussy. That's not happening. That's not how it goes. It's not like that. Male lions are on thin ice at all times. If they fuck up, they get ejected and, and just brutalized by 20 adult female lions. Do you think that dudes would be at this bar on a Friday night, slipping shit into drinks, grabbing random women's asses that they don't know, giving unwanted compliments that are actually just fucking horrible, insulting things, if they knew that every single woman that they talked to had 20 sisters who were also at the bar, ready to take him up to the roof and Mufasa him off the side? <laughs> right on the Belmont Avenue! And the whole time he'd be like, no, ladies, come on, it was a joke, because that's what they say. And, oh, come on, why don't you learn how to take a compliment? Because that's what they say. Come on, don't throw me off the roof, just come on, take a joke. No, 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 Tabenya. You know what I mean? That would be a dope world, and I think we should live in it. Okay, goodbye, guys. My name is Bill. Bill, sit down. Well, that was very nice. Hello, this is how I actually sound. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> You're really good. Hi. Hi. Hello. Name your five <laughs> times that you were talking about in terms of sex that was good. <laughs> oh, I've only had two. Oh, you're, so you know three are coming up. I mean, I feel like... Hey, ladies. I'm being... <laughs> yes. I'm being optimistic is uh, what, the, what they call it. Uh, this is going to be an insult, but it's not meant to be. Cool. You're incredibly funny. Your name does not fit you. Great. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, your name is Bill. Yeah, it's the Bill. Okay. Bill, Bill Bullock. Uh-huh. You sound like an overweight Polish guy. Sure. You're not. I'm not. Why not William? Because uh, that's not my name. Okay, what's on your birth certificate? My birth certificate actually is Billy. Billy Bullock. Billy's better. Yeah. Why? But but it and it is also spelled B I L L I E, which as you guys in the audience might know is the way that they spell it for every woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so if problem. my parents didn't expect me to have a ge gender crisis at 32, they were wrong. They just, named me wrong. <laughs> here's the thing about you. When I see your name on a lineup, I instantly, if I don't know who you are, I instantly think that. Mm -hmm. And you are so fucking not that. You're so good. That's funny. I hope it's funny. I, I, I didn't mean it as an insult, and I no. apologize. I love my name. I have zero familia attachment to it. I don't know if that's a word. I don't. I like my name, but not because it's, it means anything. I just like the name itself. I think it suits me and yeah. who I am. 
I don't think your name suits you. Well, here's the thing. Um, so I, uh, this is true, have always hated saying my name out loud. Like, okay. I've always hated saying so my name out loud. So there's a reason. I'm not completely off here. No. Do you have a middle name? Yes. What is it? I'm not telling you. Okay. <laughs> so you're not, so you're not, you don't love that name either? Uh, it's, okay, it's Reynard. And now you know why I don't like Wait, to say it. Wait, what is it? Ray- yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's Raynard for the podcast. It's R-A-Y-N-A-R-D. Why it's not? dumb. I'm not regal. I'm not like a fucking, like, yeah, a, like more, a nobleman. Yeah, but you're more regal than basic. You know what I mean? Sure. Right. But there's a lot of, like, that name could just be made fun of. My initials are BRB, which I say all the time when I leave a room. Aww. I go, all right, guys, BRB. Those are my initials. And then I go smoke a cigarette and hate myself for 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> What's your goal? What do you mean? Why are you doing stand-up? Uh, Serious question, because <laughs> you, well, I loved, I've only seen video of you, and I think I've probably seen you at, like, Kohl's or some shit yeah. years ago, and, like, on other shows, but I've, I've literally never stood a foot from you while you've been doing stand-up. You make me so happy that I do this show to see people like hey, you. thanks. Th- it's so rare. Or I, also, I'm in D.C., and the comedy scene's not that great, so keep, in, keep that in mind. So I just, seeing someone like you do this makes me... I feel like the same way when I used to watch like Megan Gailey or Lisa. You know, yeah. it's like, do you want to be a stand-up? Do you want to be a writer? Do you want to have your own TV show? Like, what are you doing this for? Um, well, yeah, I'm a stand-up comic primarily. Yes, but I also am a voice actor and uh, and a, I guess a television actor now. So exactly. So it's it's not like you're just I want to hit the road. What is no. the what's the purpose of your being? Why do you do what you do? You're very very good at it. Did you hear the first joke I did? Yes. The purpose of, I don't know what the purpose of my being is. I'm here, and now i got to do this right, or people yell at me. You but know what I, I mean? Like, but I don't that's, know. A, that's a wonderful motivation. Sure. Are you, so you're kind of figuring it out. Um, well, no, I mean, I want to, I've always been an entertainer, man. Like, I've always felt like, even as a kid, I wanted to, like, do something that was, mem- I think, I'm an existential person, so I think that all of this is bullshit, and, like, none of this matters at but all. It's a wonderful thing, and not a lot of people have that. Right. And so I do this because that's at least something. I think that the energy between, like, okay, I'm not a, I'm not a hippie. I'm not like a witchy person. I'm not like a, ma- I don't like believe in you magic wanna or ghosts. You want to walk that back because I know a lot of your friends and they are witches, so you might, that might be offensive to them. I, I'm not a witchy person. I don't think that's offensive. Okay. I know a lot of witches, and I'm saying I'm not, I don't. You should subs- apologize to the putter balls right now. <sighs> Tiffany and Danielle, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, no, but. I do think that there's something about when you, when you tell a joke, in fr- when you do live art in general, you're eliciting a response from people in real time. And a lot, of that, a lot of that, like with music and stuff, there's a ritual to that that is interesting, but it al- it's also not, it's voluntary, right? Like people can listen to music and clap or not clap. You can feel something when the music is playing, but after the song ends, you clap or you don't clap, and that's a choice you can make. When you tell a joke and make someone laugh, that's involuntary 90% of the time. And that's like casting a fucking spell. You literally are saying a, word, a group of words in a certain way and eliciting a response involuntarily from other people, and that's the only thing that I fucking believed in that matters. Like, that's the only thing that I... Like, this bar is going to be dead one day, right? Like, it's going to close. And we're all going to die, and all of this is bullshit. None of this matters, but I made you fucking laugh, and you're going to remember that until you're dead, and I, I won't. I'll forget. 20 minutes after I leave here, I'm like, I'm going to make anybody laugh ever. So that's it. That's why. And I w- but I, I don't know. I want to be an entertainer, man. That's what I want to do with Do my you life. see a therapist? Yes. Uh, I thought that when I started doing comedy, I thought that 
that was going to be akin to therapy. Like I was going to get a lot of stuff I out. I mean, for horrible comics it is. Yeah, no, I don't think it's therapy for them either. I think that nothing is therapy except for therapy. Uh, I thought comedy was going to be like therapeutic, but it really just made me like, more upset because I wasn't at where I wanted to be. You're probably drinking every night. Yep. And people didn't like everything that I did, which made me feel like there was something wrong with them. So I just got more angry. You know what I mean? Like I was just more mad all the time. Yeah. Then I started doing therapy and now I'm a much better comedian. How long have you been seeing your therapist? Uh, how long have I been doing comedy? Six years, five years. Oh, so really like the therapist got, the comedy got you into therapy. My girlfriend at the time (laughs) got me into therapy. (laughs) You're clearly not together. Right. <laughs> that was a bad relationship. Uh, um, are you are you single right now? Yeah. I mean, yes. That's what you... Yes. It's 2017, so I don't know. Well, I know. I'm married. I'm not single. Fair. Esmeralda lives with her boyfriend. She's yeah. not single. Okay. Well, are then you yes, single? by that metric, I suppose <laughs> I'm single. Do you want to be single? Uh, I'm a non-monogamous person, so like I don't necessarily want to be like I don't know. I'm still figuring my own shit out. Like this you could doesn't. Just say, you could just say no. Because you, you just said I'm a non-monogamous person. Yeah, I like to date, but I've, I don't. I've literally never heard the phrase "I'm a non-monogamous person." <laughs> I like open relations. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop, 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 stop. It, was that you, sincere? Yeah. You like open relationships? Sure. Has it ever worked out? Of course not. But that's has any. Here's the thing. Most relationships don't work. I'm just doing multiple at a time that don't work. You know what I mean? <laughs> Why do I like you? I'm trying to, like, there are multiple. Let me, let me tell you the ways I like this you. This interview is very interesting. <laughs> I'm kidding. About twice a year. Yeah. We do about 30 live shows a year. Mm-hmm. About twice a year, I see somebody that I'm like, this, is, this makes me so happy. And you're, you're clearly the first one of 2017 that's made me happy. I don't know exactly why. I also think it's once again, I live in D.C., it's not that good. But you are doing stuff that you're so present in the moment. Yeah. You mentioned riffing. How, of what you delivered tonight, by the way, you did five minutes too long, and I didn't let you for hey. a reason. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> did you, how much of it was planned? Um... I didn't mean to do any of the existential stuff at the beginning, but you guys were talking about stuff that I was like, oh, I should talk about So like the first that. five minutes you didn't plan. Yeah, pretty much. That was <laughs> so good. Well, I mean, I, I have written that. That's written, but I wasn't pl- that wasn't part of yeah. the set. Like the set that I had tonight clearly had an art. You guys get that I, this, is a, I do, this is like a profession. I do this like I think about this. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't part of the arc of sure, what I was going to sure, do, sure. but it was part of what was happening in the room. And so I was like, I'm going to do what's happening in the room. Uh, that's why I'm comparing you so much to Lisa and Megan and other people I, I really them. like, because they're also in the moment and they don't, it's like, yeah, I plan whatever. Yeah. I want to fucking riff on this, this, and this, because this is what's going on. Yeah. You're present in the moment. Hey, I'll take that comparison because those are both women, first of all, and they're both funnier than me. Have you really only started questioning gender at 32? Um, out loud. <laughs> yeah, like, like, I would say that there's always been, like, aspects of, like, being manly that I was just like, that sounds stupid, and sure, I don't care sure. about it. Like, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not trans, like, I don't feel like a trans person, I don't feel like, I do have gender dysmorphia in that I don't necessarily, I wouldn't have, listen, if this were the Matrix, and they were like, now you get to choose your fucking avatar with a black leather jacket, I would be like, 
probably look a lot more like uh, like Cameron Esposito than this. You know what I mean? Like I would look a lot more like a, a, a real cool lesbian with a denim jacket than like this guy. But you'd also be white then, because Cameron is white. Yeah, I guess. No, I guess. I mean, that's fine. I don't okay. care that she's white, but like I guess I would stick with this. You've been doing this for six years. Yeah. Which means you got started at 26. Correct. That's kind of late for stand-up. What, what was the impetus? Um... Actually, Cameron Esposito was the impetus. Uh, I was so. It, for those who don't know, there's a there's an, uh, a bar in Chicago called Coles. It's not spelled like this department store. C O L E apostrophe S. Yeah, Coleman. and it's named after a man named Cole, who's a very nice man. He's great. Uh, and it's an it's an awesome bar. On Wednesday nights, they have an open mic. Um, Cameron Esposito, who I don't know if you guys know, she's famous now. She lives in L. A. She's from here. Um, she was she was hosting that show at the time. I would just come and watch because she's an engaging person. Her co-host, Adam Burke, also an engaging person, a friend of the show. Um, and I just like watching them. And one day, Cameron came up to me at the bar and was like, you're here literally every week. You clearly want to do stand-up. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's funny. And, uh, yeah, 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 I did. Uh, <laughs> and she was like, you have to sign up next week. Don't come in here if you don't sign up. That is so wonderful. And so I did it, and I am now addicted. And I have, I have to do it every day, or otherwise I feel like I'm going to die. I feel like I'm going to die anyway, but that's okay. I'm glad you're seeing a therapist. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I'm glad you're doing stand-up. You are the exact Thanks. kind of performer I wish I saw more of, and people should see you. How can they follow you? They can fo you can follow me on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, at both of those are at Bill R. Bullock. Because some asshole on Twitter has Bill Bullock, or it's and a he's sign never that you need to. Is it a middle-aged dude who does like down south jokes? He's not a comedian. He's like that's the just CEO what I imagine some, Bill yeah. Bullock is. I think he is a southern dude who just runs some company and he's just <laughs> sitting on his he's sitting on the Twitter handle. But yeah, you can f you can follow me on those. I have a website. It's a uh, it's a sentence. Bill Bullock is a comedian. Dot com. Uh, and yeah, I have stuff on there, and that's where my shows are. I like you so much. Thanks. I, I wish you nothing but the best. I think I that's a line from a song. Uh, you're really great. I wish more people were like you. Uh, please <laughs> come to D.C. and tell them how to talk in a microphone. So that would be dope. I would love to come to D.C. <sighs> I haven't yeah, been since don't. the inauguration. Funny story. Um, so Obam Obama's first inauguration, I was working for the University of Chicago. I got a chance to go because they were building an office in Washington, D.C. all of a sudden. Oh, because one of their former professors is now the president. So I was working there, and we were building out this office. We go up to the roof deck of this office building, and they're having the concert before the inauguration. You know, the one where Bono pulls off his jacket, and he's got an American flag. Uh, and so me and my boss are watching this crowd on the National Mall, and we're like, this is amazing. What a great moment. And then we look on the executive building across the street, because we're right by the White House. And we just notice, oh, there's some ninjas up there, some guys in all black. And my <laughs> boss, who was a former uh, naval submarine operator, nu nuclear sub operator, he was like, oh, those are snipers for sure, 100%. Yeah. And then they all popped up on the other buildings and turned toward us. And we were like, oh, they're, they're watching us. That's pretty funny. <laughs> and then we heard, and we were like, what, is, what are they saying? Are they, are they yelling at each other? And they're like, get off the roof. And we're like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. And then we ran downstairs. And Secret Service came up about five minutes later and locked all of that stuff with chains and big padlocks. So uh, we could have killed the president if we had wanted to, but we didn't. We're Don't patriots. Say that into a microphone. Too late. Right ha ha! Now. He he made it. Are you got? He made it. Eight years. Nobody shot him. So I, I feel okay with that. We're. This show is definitely gonna get some heat online. You got a fucking skinhead as your first oh, guest. Oh, I know. That's <laughs> why. 
I clearly know where we stand on every issue. Um, it's all good. We're fine. We're still here. I like you a lot. Thanks. People like you should too. see you. I'm so glad you did this show. I've wanted to have you on for a long time, but I don't live here anymore, so it's very rare that I get to do a show. Ladies and gentlemen, hey. please put your hands together for Bill R. Bullock. Yeah. Thank you. Seth, talk to me while you play. Seth? Brandon, I'm learning a lot from you watching you host your Shut talk the fuck show. up, okay. Seth. That's an Daniel Knox is going to come up here and play. Yeah. But I want to still talk to you for a second. Is it okay if we switch from Seth onto a microphone while Daniel sits behind the piano? Is that okay, Daniel? Brilliant. You could use the stairs if you'd like. So, Seth, feel free to come over here and, and sit down in the chair. And then Daniel could take his rightful place at the throne. Is it a throne for a piano? I know it's a throne for drums. Bench. It's just a bench. It's not a throne? Bench. It's a bench. Okay, sit on a bench. Yeah, it's just a bench. All right. I got it. Seth, how are you doing as a human being? I feel all right. Good. Yeah. Uh, are you enjoying hosting your own show? Yeah, it's been an adjustment. I, it's not something I trained for. Just not sort of. <laughs> as opposed life. to all those other talk show hosts that train for mm -hmm. years in the talk they show. They go hosts. to talk show host camp every summer. Yeah, right? we do. <laughs> <laughs> we all meet up. <laughs> Why are you doing it? Um, I think you know I really related to what Bill said, which is you just you have to be alive and you have to fill your time doing something so that you don't feel that dread. And you thought to do a talk show. And so that's a, gr a great way to do that is to oh. take a little time each week to talk about yourself and other people. <laughs> you, you, really, you know what I'm saying. Somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> um, He's so selfless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, don't, you don't feel that way? No. Well, why do you do it? I do it because, uh, I don't know, I like yelling a lot. <laughs> And I like drinks. Um, no, I do it because I don't. Okay, so I come from a family that has very, very. I don't. I come from a very, 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 very small family. Okay. And uh, I also have a, a parent who has not a lot of friends, right? So my entire goal from I don't know high school forward was like, I don't ever want to be alone. Period. In addition to both family life, I don't want to be alone in friend life, and I want to meet new and interesting people. Now, yeah. because I'm with a person. Uh, and I love her very much, and I'm married, it's not that easy to meet new people. The talk show forces me to meet new people. It also yeah. forces me to research new and interesting people in different cities, and that's why I do the show. Also, uh, it makes you less sad. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's super, super easy to stay in your bubble, and it gets sad all the time and just see the same friends. And I love my friends. It's, they're, they're, they're great. They're my friends for a reason, but they're not always available, and you know, sometimes life happens. <laughs> So uh, people get married, people have kids, and they get busy. But if you can s consistently uh, widen the circle, it makes everything better. I think if it's just like a big fucking party, that's why I do the show. Yeah. So why don't you book your own show? <laughs> well, because um, I don't get paid enough to, you know. I, I try to have. Oh, I get yeah. paid so much for doing this. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you I'm rich. You clearly, are like really I'm successful. I'm literally <laughs> rolling in it. Um, one of the things I do. Uh, do the show for is to shine a light on people. Oh. And that's why I asked the booking question because I'm incredibly grateful that I got to shine a light on two people tonight. Oh. Neither Such of which so need, good. Ne oh neither of which needed to shine a light. And clearly I've known our musical guest for longer than I've been doing this show. Anyone that's Great. ever listened to the show has heard his music and probably likes his music. So yeah. That's, Definitely. to me, just a great chance for me to force him to play <laughs> for me. Yeah, like it's yeah. completely selfish. You see what I mean? No, I understand what you're saying. The difference between what you do and what I do is I don't record it. Why don't you record it? I've asked you this. Yeah, I, I really, I really, I'm still learning how to just 
entertain a room of people that are in front of me and I feel like if there were uh, other anonymous people listening, it wouldn't be the same thing. I don't like anonymous people. I think they're dicks a lot of times. The internet doesn't, they don't listen the same way that people that you're looking at listen to you. You know, like I'm looking at these guys in the eye and it's that's different. Here's a, here's you a See, but your, your show right? is different. I've caught it and yeah. it's, I mean, you, you when you have a theme... Yeah. And usually that theme is an emotional theme. Yeah. And then the people you have on kind of relay. Y- it is literally a therapy session, right? It's you very kind of like feely. trying to pull stuff yeah, out. Yeah, it's of very them. different. Yeah. So you're saying is this isn't touchy feely? I mean, we're like, hey, you wrote a book. You got Fuck a you, song. Esmeralda. You okay. got stuff. Fuck you. Wait, so do you want it to be touchy-feely? Because it is. You guys talked about therapy. Oh, of course, of course. I mean, course. that goes there, but his is like, that's what yeah. that's what he's doing. So here, I, wanna, I want to... I'm a, I'm I embrace confrontation. I want confrontation that doesn't leave it to fisticuffs because I want people to be open and honest, and I don't want people to talk behind their back. I yeah. want you to tell me to my face like you suck shit, and I've had that, and that's wonderful because then we get to go <laughs> beyond that. So that's why I do that. But here's the thing: Do you know one disabled person in your life? I don't have any like really serious. You don't have any friends, friends that are disabled. I I work with a woman who uh, has a sort of a vision uh, okay. issue, and but but. But you no, know, no, okay. no, no. Do you no. know anybody in your life that doesn't leave their house often? Yeah. Okay, that's why you record the show. That's why okay. I record the show. That's why we release the show. Not everyone oh, can okay. make it. That's why. It's oh. it's a lot easier. I just easier. figured they were just like watching Netflix or something. Sometimes they are, yeah. but like yeah. you run out of stuff. You can only watch The Office so many times. See, but you see what you're saying is you're assuming that everyone I know is interested in the thing that I do, and that's totally not the case. <laughs> that's no, no, I don't, I don't disagree whatsoever. But that's what. But so what? It, the, the point yeah. isn't to relate to everyone. The point is to relate to one. Yeah. Okay. I that's love that this has turned into pointers for no, Seth. It's not no, pointers, that's not why <laughs> I came here tonight. <laughs> it's I not pointers w- whatsoever. Yeah. It's not pointers whatsoever. It's I'm explaining why I do what I do. Now, can I be honest with you? This is the first night off I could have had in months from coming here every fucking Thursday night and hosting a show, whether I feel like it or not. And I have, like, three other jobs because capitalism. And, and, and the reason I came tonight is because you've been hosting a talk show for so long, and I, b- I, I love your work, and I wanted to learn from you by watching you and I've had a great front row seat and I have learned so much and and that that and so yes this is t- entirely appropriate for you to tell me what to do I completely disagree okay I like you as a human being I okay. wish I could listen to your show I've right. asked I've asked you this before for you Brandon I'll do it you should do it for yourself because it. it'll make you feel I'm happy. saying it right here on the You, Me, Them, Everybody podcast therapy sessions will be available on iTunes or wherever you download podcasts <laughs> <laughs> brought to you by Squarespace I'm Build it beautiful. I'm I listen to podcasts. I I'm cutting it. that it's out. I'm cutting okay. all of that Sorry. out. We're only sponsored to you by the Aryan Nation <laughs> and Cameron Esposito's new show on CISO, everybody. CISO wife. called Take My Wife. It is called Take My Wife. Do you I watch, watch Cameron. it? Yeah. Do you have CISO? No. That's right. You don't. You fucking lie. You don't watch that show. I don't no watch one watches it, but that I show. But I love Cameron. Speaking of someone I love, you need to leave the stage. Yeah. Okay. Ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Seth Vanek, everybody. Seth. Esmeralda, before you leave, do you have anything to say? This was wonderful. It was good. Yeah. Uh, people can listen to you on uh, Sinclair Broadcasting's <laughs> WGN, 7.20 a.m. That's weird that, like, uh, that's a real thing. People, like, literally millions of people will hear you tomorrow night when you guest host and... Uh, all because of this podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is why. This is why. <laughs> uh, yeah, listen to her on the radio. You don't really use Twitter. 
No, I don't have funny things to say. Cool. Uh, hear her read the stuff on the TV and the news. Oh, yeah, wait. Really what? good question. Isn't Why are certain WGN radio shows on TV? Uh, I don't know. Okay, cool. It's I, my, my Don't mom, ask me. I didn't say My it. mom was asking me. I was like, I think you're wrong. And then she's like, no, no, no. Because like, I oh. wouldn't have picked those people to be on TV, but whatever. You should stop talking. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Esmeralda Leone. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. All right. Do you want me to stay up here, or do you want me to get the fuck off stage? Why don't you stay up here? And uh, Well, you, you told me on several occasions uh, that I'm a really bad interview. You so are. That's up, that's up to you, man. But, I, but I'll just say this. For someone who's a bad interview, you called me up on stage, turned your back to me, and then spoke to another person who was doing what I'm about to do for an extended length of time. It's called a power play. Well, uh, well all right, fair enough. But... Uh, Here's the thing, I, I, I don't think you've ever enjoyed interviews. Because I've listened to you get interviewed by other people. I you don't always enjoy them with you. Why? I enjoy our conversations far uh, off, off record. Why? Far much wait, wait, why? Because you just, sometimes when you're like, and, and that's why I was so blown away that you said that. Sometimes you just bark shit at me and yeah. then expect me to have something like ready to go, but I don't. You know, that's not how I work. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Already, this interview's off to a great start. I actually, I, I actually think it is. Is it? I actually do think it you is. You should stay up here then, and we can keep it going if you want. No. I'm gonna say nice things about you, and then I'm gonna get off the stage, and then I might come back on if that's okay with you. That's fine. Okay. You do what you want. It's your fucking show. We've uh, established you know, that. Was, you know, I was gonna, I was gonna chime in, but it felt like it maybe it was inappropriate. But I was supposed to be. I was asked to be on his show. Seth's I, show? Yeah, but I said no because I was uncomfortable with the format. Seth! Not because, and it wasn't him that asked me, it was somebody else that asked me, and I felt really like bad about it. But He's I, got a booker. Right. Yeah. Right. And, I, and I, I, I ultimately thought, like, I probably shouldn't, like, you know, <laughs> go up and start trying to talk about what's wrong with me. You know what I mean? Do you think there's something wrong with you? No, but... You know, if I not really no. Well, then not, there not you any, go. there's nothing wrong with me that's not wrong with everybody else. But that's kind of the point of his show. Yeah, but, but no, no. That's why I'm saying you're uh, you're absolutely right to refuse. What if I found out something I didn't want to find? You I would didn't find out on a talk show with the hungry brain. I might, you know. And really, yeah. I don't think that's ever happened. I no. I had a therapist when I was in high school, and all we really did was talk about movies. Did you enjoy your time? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, you like movies. Yeah. Was it like a court-appointed therapist, or was it? No, it was like it was like my my parents weren't uh, sure if I was gay or if I like wanted to kill myself or what the deal was, and you know. Was there a conclusion, or? I'm still trying to figure it out. Party. Yeah. Uh, Do you want me to play some songs, or? Yes, but I want to say nice things about you first. Okay, go ahead. You're my favorite living songwriter. You say that every time, and it's really weird. <laughs> Why? Why? Why is that weird? It's weird, man, because uh, uh, maybe some of these people know my songs, but maybe they don't, and then they're going to expect that it's like really, you know, it sets it up for... I understand why you're saying that, but the reason I say that is it gives it credence. Like, hey, just... It's, it's more like important. Like, why is this guy here? Yes, right. that's why. Okay. Also, why is this guy that clearly does not like the host here? Clearly, I have to say <laughs> nicer things about you. Be, and, and I always clarify living because you're not Kurt Cobain, and you didn't change I'm my not. life. 
you made my life better, but Kurt Cobain changed my life. I would argue that I've changed your life in certain ways. No, you haven't. <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an adult man. You have not changed my life. Uh, but you've written my favorite songs in the last 10 years. And, and, I, and I'm happy to know you, and more importantly, I'm happy to listen to you. Because clearly, the, your music is better than our friendship, based on how you treat me. So oh, man. Well, now i got to find a better first song to play. What were you going to play? I was going to play Disaster. No, play Disaster. I fucking love Disaster. All right, all right, all right. Hold on. Let me say nice things about Daniel first. Um, one of my favorite... You're one of my favorite people I've ever collaborated with, because um, you were kind enough to let me make some music videos for you. Because what? You, you were kind enough to let me make some music videos well, for you. Well, you made some good ones, yeah. Um, and uh, one of which we made here a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And it's incredibly surreal to watch that video now. It's almost 10 years old. And it's got a lot of views because you were on an actually popular podcast. Right. And that led to a lot of people seeing both you and The Hunger Brain and something I directed. And at this point, if I die tomorrow, that will be the most interacted with or viewed or whatever pieces of media I've ever done, which is a, is a weird thing to think about. Well, so that it makes it two of us. Yeah, it's a weird thing to be tied to you and this place and this stage. So every time I'm here, I ask you to play, and every once in a while you say yes, so I'm incredibly grateful that you're about to play. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Daniel Knox. Disaster, disaster, explosions ripping through the paint and plaster, disaster, 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 tragedy, tragedy, vacant lot where your whole childhood used to be, tragedy. Tragedy, 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 accident, accident, your friends are gone but you don't know quite where they went, accident, 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 accident. Disaster, crying right into the face of laughter. Disaster, 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 disaster. Right. Thank you. try to play a song that I don't really remember how to play. I'm looking for a sharp knife Looking down the deep dark hole Looking for the bullets, the gun, the 
man to pull the trigger and the shovel full Looking for tomorrow Look back with sorrow On another day you'll be missing When you're kissing it goodbye You should walk with a partner Keep them beside you Tell them that everyone in town Will say they've tried you And if you think I'm wrong Then just disprove me Ask God in heaven Looking for a slow burn Something to remind you That no matter where you move Your troubles seem to find you You ought to find a new town A place to belong Remember that every lie you tell Becomes a song if the song I'm singing should disgust you Give me just one reason I should trust you The 
The car will crash, the phone will die Sometimes you fail before you try You can pray for something nice But no unpromised paradise Held up in traffic down on your knees Struck with disaster or disease In between apology and praise You find you wasted all your days If you feel your luck isn't changing Close your eyes Instead of complaining Wait around If you howl in Hopes and dreams Will end up Thank you. Uh, okay. If you're gonna fool around, why don't you keep it out of town? Better keep your pants on There's no more tables left to dance on I used to carry you home I don't anymore Won't anymore What have they done to you now?
Are you planning to play Armageddon Song? I'm not planning to play that. You're I'm not going to play that. I will not play it. You will not. Why won't you play that? Because I don't have the lyrics with me. It's also on the sort of, uh, it's on the list of things that I feel like I've outgrown. You know, you talked about not wearing a suit that doesn't fit you anymore. It's sure. Sort of same thing for songs. Did you know I sang that once? I did not know that. I'm not sure I would have been happy to know that you did. <laughs> what Too did bad, you, motherfucker. What did, you, what did you sing it for? So I did a, it was a reading. It was maybe the last reading I did that was like when I was still doing zines. And that was like seven years ago, maybe eight. Wait, I do remember that you did do something with yeah. that song, but maybe. And I, like, I wrote a piece it. about that song, and then I closed with me singing it a cappella. I am not a good singer, yeah. and it was one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever done. And well, I've performed shows in dresses. I don't care. Yeah, but it's uncomfortable to, to sing without something to like hide behind. Like yeah, I played know? a lot of really bad shows with just me and a guitar, and that's fine. But sure. I've never once sang with nothing behind me, and it was that song. And I was hoping... How did it, how did it go over? It was horrible, but I'm but glad I did it. people clapped and were polite. People clapped because, like, ugh. Because, like, what is it? If, they, if it's silent, they're like, this guy's nuts. Right. Yeah. So... I was wondering if you would play it tonight, and the answer is no. No, I didn't even. And it. I respect that decision. Right. What are you, you going to play next? Oh, you want me to play another one? I prefer it. All right. Uh, not that or that. For the listener at home, we've never described this. Uh, Daniel comes on stage with uh, used lyrics. Some are used. Some are freshly printed. Okay. Uh, I'd it's say not. Uh, they're crink. By the end of the set, most. Of the papers. The problem is if I if I don't ball up and throw away the lyrics, I'll probably. It, it's just another. W it's just like watching the clock go by. You know what I mean? It just makes you feel better. That makes you watching the clock go by makes you feel better. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bad sign. Well. You want me to play another one? Well, tell me what it is, and then I will leave the stage. All right. Well, for, uh, first I should say the uh, the pr the song I just played before was the aforementioned. Uh, song that you wanted me to play that, that is on true the podcast and i appreciate that thank you uh i spent i spent about a year recording 50 different versions of that for this belgian label who uh i stupidly agree actually it was 35 versions and i i stupidly agreed to uh to it, it was a label where you you can pre you can order a special copy of of a recording right and it was like a either a two-sided record or a 74 minute cd and so i asked and and you have to say the person's name and then do a version specifically for them. And they don't, they don't say you have to do a different version, but I chose to. So I did 35 different versions of that song plus an instrumental for 35 different uh, specific Belgian uh, people, right? And then uh, and, it, and it took a fucking year and they were really mad about it. And, uh, and then I, I started really hating that song because for Why did but you I had do to do what? Why did you agree to that? I don't know, because I didn't even get paid for it. What the fuck? But I thought, well, actually, they paid, they paid me one symbolic uh, euro. That was, like, that was the deal that I got. And I spent a really long time doing it. And they got mad at you after not paying you. They didn't you. get mad because they're Belgian. They kind of just, like, they were, like, politely displeased. That's actually a good name for an album of yours. Maybe that would be a good name for an album of mine ten years ago. Politely displeased. Yeah, but not not today. All right, now you're too. But we did we did all these different versions of it, and we did one where it was backwards. Oh, weird. See, 
yeah. single chords, but we did a whole bunch of them. It's weird. And, uh, yeah, and so it became a real pain in the ass song for me. So that. Well, thanks for playing it. Yeah, well, I'm probably not going to play it again for a really long time. So. What are you going to play next? Uh, this is a song called Lawrence and MacArthur. Walk round in your town till you've seen the whole thing. Every house holds on. Tell a lie Tell it's true To be loved by the likes of you Could be something, could be piano has really had it. Sorry. When your car breaks down and it will certainly break down don't cry and don't frown don't throw all the dishes around don't know what to do ugly children cough on you don't pick them up and shake them children are fragile you don't want to break them it gets better it gets better Close your eyes and count to ten Try now to remember when You had money to play with And friends you could stay with Happy days may still return Take the ashes from the urn Don't be afraid to spill them Troubles continue till somebody kills them. 
It gets better. It gets better. Dancing girls are in the chorus. Dancing girls are very gorgeous, stupid, and beautiful. Don't they take your mind off the pain? Trying to scrape up a buck. Heart broken and poverty struck. Smashing the seat just by sitting You've got to be kidding It gets better It gets better It gets better I'll just do one more, if you all don't mind. This is, uh, this is a song called Be Afraid. Be afraid of the man behind the door or the three-legged dog. Be afraid of the male when it arrives, or the victim who survives. Be afraid, be afraid when you don't know what to do. Be afraid. Because I'm afraid of you Be afraid of the invisible phone Be afraid when they Great and 
deception of the grocery clerk or your right to work or your mom and Be afraid, be afraid when you don't know what to do. Be afraid, be afraid because I'm afraid of you. Thanks. Thank you.